Easy E. How are we? Hey. I have an update for you. Good. Go on. What is it? I have an update from from your friend. Not not from my friend, because my friend cut me a couple of times when we were playing American football back in the day as my head coach. He's like, Sean, you're no good. You're cut. But our good friend Simon Green, who was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, did do his 64K uh, trial out in the middle of America, I suppose. And he did it in six hours and 10 minutes, which is unbelievable for 64K. So averaging a half marathon roughly, actually even think a little bit faster, three times. So uh, I just want to say one, congrats to you, Simon. Fair play to you. I know we're not friends. I know Eric's your good friend. And he Absolutely. knew you got a heads up and how you got on already. But officially in the podcast, uh, congrats on that. And for those that haven't listened, it, it's a hell of an episode. It's nice when to listen back to now knowing he actually got the 64K done and he's got bigger plans for the rest of the year. We hope to have him back on the podcast soon to talk about that. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal achievement. And it's, uh, we, we, we covered our 16K today. And to put that into perspective, how, how much pain he must have been in a certain point. In that <laughs> run, but it, uh, he's still recovering. He's still recovering. He's uh, going slow in the recovery runs this week and stuff like that. Eric, I've got a follow-up question for you. Now, I know we are on podcast and the medium podcast is audio. So the, the listeners are going to have to bear with me. We're going to try something a little bit different here. Eric, can you touch your toes? <laughs> mm, yes. Okay, kind of. Actually, no. I want. I know. I, I want you to. We'll, we'll go through this right now, and, and and the people listening home. If if you're not going for a run or something like that, you you could follow along with this one. We'll, we'll see how this goes. And I, I explain the theory right. behind it in a second. So I have Eric, to stand, I have to stand up. You have to stand up. Do you need, have to stand up. Do you need to see me? Yeah. Well, no. But it's on podcast. You might think. I oh, I need to see. You, actually, yes, I do. So stand up. Right. Right. Reach down right. towards your toes. See how far you go. All right. Uh, I'm at about. Just above my ankles here now and struggling. Just above your ankles. Struggling. Okay. Right. Yeah. So okay, what yeah. you're going to do, you're going to stand back up oh. again. Yes. You're going to stand back up. You're going to have your two fingers by your belly button. You're going to go one inch out and then one inch down. One inch out, one inch down. One inch down. You're going to push in there as tight as you can and try and get a deep, I suppose, belly breath, for lack of a better term right now, in and out and just rub it. So slow, deep breath in, get as much air as you can in your body right back out. Guys, this won't take long. We'll see how this goes. Slow, deep breath in, slow, deep breath out. Go for six breaths. Bet you never thought we'd do this the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, slow, deep breath in, slow, deep breath out. I can't breathe in and press at the same time. Well, keep trying. It should be painful. Like, dig in deep, son. Yeah, it's sore. It's not, it's not comfortable. It shouldn't be. Okay. okay what do you right. want me to do this now? might work, by the way. This could be a complete custom up. But what we're going to do next is you're going to stand up, feet shoulder apart. You're going to drop into toward, just towards your knees. Just nice and relax. Relax your stomach. And then up and bend back and tense your stomach. Uh, and yeah. Drop into it again. Nice and relaxed. So you're just dropping in. Don't try and reach towards your toes. Right back again. Yeah. Deep breaths in and out each time here. So tense up, get as much air as you can into your body. Right back out. Okay, we'll see how this goes now. You probably didn't do it long enough. But what we're going to do now, you're going to look into your body, keep looking into your body, and try and reach down as low as you can. Hey! <laughs> it worked! Come on, okay. Here's the guy, Jimmy Knuckles. And they got nearly my knuckles onto my toes. 
Unbelievable. All right, here's the backstory to that, right? So when we well, had so on the podcast, we're gonna, now when ago, I need to go to the toilet, we're gonna need to take a pause there. <laughs> <laughs> so we had Simon on the podcast a couple weeks ago. He talked about how he really showed his first marathon and he was told by a couple of physios couldn't couldn't run again and he was pretty much rolled off. And we just said he does a 64k there. So long story short, he got onto a neuromuscular therapist called Derek Byrne at Body Central underscore therapy. I'm not 100% sure that's right. We'll put it in the show notes. And then what he did was he he um, he looked at him and he analyzed his body and stuff like that. So and he was able to get him back up running again. And one of the theories behind what he what he does is that let's say you've got an issue with your ankle, well that could be connected to a different part of your body and all the rest of stuff that goes through that. So we had one of our listeners um, go. I, I'm not even too sure what the, what the name of the listener was. Um, went to him on, on the back of that podcast and shout out to that person. I'm sorry, I don't know your name. I uh, shared that person and and the, and Derek listened to the podcast in the past week and he um he got on to us. He put it on, sorry, he didn't. He shared the podcast up in the story. He's like, congrats to Simon on you know best luck in the 64k trial. So I got on to him, I was like, Derek, you know, any chance we can have you on the podcast? And look, we're not plugging anything here. There, there's zero money coming to any given training day over this one or any given run day podcast. It was like, Derek, can you come on and talk about what you did with Simon and how you can help people? And he's like, I best show you. Can't really explain in a podcast. And you probably heard in the last five minutes, that's probably not the best podcast material we've ever done. But um, so I had a talk, I went to him on, on Friday evening. He's based out in Hope. And he was doing different things like that. And that's called um, RPR. I want to double check the term. And um, yeah, RPR, Reflective Performance Reset. So he was showing me how like the backs of my ears was had to switch on me, my hamstrings, my glutes and stuff like that. And going through all these different processes. But on top of that, he was also going through uh, well, you can get a chance to go through with me, and also I'm about to book in another session with him. This thing called anatomy motion and helping runners become better runners. Like we scraped the surface on a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, of saying like joint by joint theory that you know if Eric, for example, has issues with his knees, it could be affected with previous back issues, and there's a knock-on effect. So I just wanted to give him a shout out on that because it, like as I was talking to him the other night, it was kind of like this is phenomenal stuff what he's doing, but there's no way we could do a full podcast episode on it because like, it, it's very hard. Like it, 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 he was doing insane stuff with me, but it's very hard for that to translate in audio form. So I'm going to have a link in the description for this on, the, on other people doing techniques of RPR. It was like a 15 minute kind of warp set. It's maddening. Like I, if I looked at it without going through this, I'd be like that, that shit doesn't work. Go way out of that. There's something wrong with that. But there, there is some theory to it. A lot of that, I'm not too sure. For example, like I'm not a coach in that. Mm-hmm. So Eric may not, Eric's supposed to be running his, his size, his muscles. He may not have been, but the deep breathing helps in that as well. So if you took nothing away from this intro to the podcast is the deep breathing works. And because it wouldn't make too much sense. And even talking there, I was like, I'd love to have you a podcast. Wouldn't make more sense. Like that's what I have with you. Instead, we sent out uh, Instagram stories this week, got a couple of different questions. So after the intro, we're going to go straight into those. We, I think we've got around five questions to go through today. We might, we'll get through more, we might get through more. We'll try and get through around five. But before we do, Eric, any thoughts on that really quick before we get to the intro? That the was nuts. I actually <laughs> I felt a bit weird. I was like, why am I rubbing my belly? <laughs> like it's, uh, and uh, I actually, I kind of just rushed onto this, so I was kind of like, "Oh, I, I really need to wee now." And you're you're not pushing on your bladder. I, it was right beside it, um, and it was yeah, it kind of was like a little kind of sharpy kind of pain in the sides as I was doing it. But every time I went down, obviously I was like, oh, "I'm getting a bit looser." I thought it was just because okay, I've done this four times. Obviously, my hamstrings are loosening up, but I was still getting to that inch above the ankles and going, "Yes, yeah, I can feel it." 
But then when I tucked my chin in and went down, it was kind of just like I collapsed onto myself. It was it was a little bit weird because the backs of my knuckles were able to get all the way with and without the same feeling the pain. It was or muscle muscle tension. It was weird. And yeah, there, and there's a lot even based on what you said that he was talking about. We get into but guys, we will actually go down a rabbit hole in that one. So what we're going to do is. I'm booking the session within a couple of weeks once I get my head around what happened the other night because uh, I have a ton of different questions to ask of myself as well as just more kind of running stuff and hopefully we'll have more uh, running-based podcasts based off that in a couple of weeks. So with that said, Eric, you've got around 10 seconds to go to the toilet because here's the intro music to today's episode of the Any Given Run Day podcast. Okay, easy, easy. How are we? I know I asked that already. Don't answer that. I don't care. <laughs> nah, Sean, I'm living, I'm living on the wild side. I've got 11% battery left and I've calculated out that we've burned 1% over the last five minutes. So I reckon I've got a podcast episode out before this cuts me off. I, lo- I love it. I'm a little bit sweaty about it. I, I think it's good. I think it's good. We'll see what happens. Hit the, hit the Mission Impossible music. But while you've done clearly a lot of prep to make sure you're ready for this day's episode of the podcast, I have a couple of questions that we got on our Instagram stories wrote down. And um, so what we'll do is we're just going to blast through these. There's a, there's a fair few questions there, but we'll try and get four or five in because it is like 20 past nine at night and I'm up at five o'clock in the morning. For Yeah, you're just going to have to stop me on my run. What's that? You're just going to have to stop me on my run. We'll have to keep your word count down on this one. Uh, question <laughs> number one we got. I forgot to write down who wrote these questions, so sorry if I don't mention your name on this. Um, should you run every day to get results quicker? In fairness, a short question because they're on the Instagram stories. Um, no, I don't think you should run every day to get quicker. I think it, it's a weird one because I think the more experience and the more miles you have in the legs, the more you're able to run quicker. And uh, if you can run uh, three days a week and like every second day and stuff and get that routine, you're going to get just as much benefit without the, the risk of your body breaking down. Because we talked before in the podcast, running too much too fast, adding too much too many miles in the legs is, is going to, to lead to the injuries and stuff. Um, just because you're putting more damage on you, your body's not used to it, and you're just pretty much overtrained in that respect. That's why we've always recommend cross-training. Last year, we did yoga on our running group and a lot of strength stuff this year this year as well. Eric, do you agree with that? Or is there yeah, in terms, of, in terms of running, like you need your rest days. Your body needs time to recover. If, if it's something that you want to train every day, if you really want to lose weight or you want to build that endurance quicker, cycle and swim. Take, yep. take the pressure off the body in that kind of sense. Swimming is a great one for taking the weight off the body, but you're still getting that kind of cardio fitness burn. Cycling as well. Cycling actually does have a good bit of pressure into the upper leg and the knees. You know, if you're not cycling right, if you're if you're cycling and your knees are buckling out, as you're, you're, you're actually going to kind of, you're not doing yourself too much favors if you're going for two hours of that kind of, but you know, if you want to get something done, maybe a 20 minute cycle because the heart rate, and it, we come back to heart rate, it keeps it in that lower zone. It's quite hard to get your heart rate up high um on the cycle so it's um i would i would recommend as you said three four runs depending on your experience level maybe even five and uh if you want to do some extra training maybe cycle and swim would be my recommendation we even today when we we went for our our 16k run the phoenix park and you're i've probably done more runs than you over the last month to six weeks but you've done more overall training you can see that on the leaderboard in our strava group which is actually a part of the next question but um because you've done more training and stuff with the bike, you're and we're doing the exact same pace because we're side by side, despite the fact that Strava says you ran an extra point one kilometer or point 
well, yeah, point one of a kilometer than I did, hundred meters, and your heart rate was a good ten beats lower than mine, and that probably was because of that 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 heart rate training you've been doing as well. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just getting comfortable in that lower zone, and um, the body is comfortable in the lower zone. So yeah, it's and and it, and again, when you're trying to cover those kind of distances from sixteen up to your your marathon, that's that's where you'd want to be. And when you're when you're crossing sixteen k, twenty one k, you look down at your watch or, or your heart rate monitor, you're seeing one hundred forty five beats per minute you know you're in a good place because yeah. you're not you're burning fat you're not burning sugars you know you have the endurance it's 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 yeah it's, it's a good place to be in but it's it's doable for everyone and again as we said in our run today like a throwaway comment a year ago when i started this saying it was like running slow to go fast and it is it is the best way to to do it in my opinion and it is only my own opinion well i i've, I've changed my own opinion more towards that our second question, um, ooh, this seems a bit of aggression, aggression behind this one. Um, why are you against Strava for running? Love um, I think this is going back to a post we did recently uh, on our Instagram page um, with the, 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 the cardboard man sign saying uh, nobody cares with your Strava results or, or something to that effect. And yeah, the, the point of the post was, was not to put too much stock into everyone's run and as well as that, that not not every run should be a personal best. Like Strava is a good tool, and it's great for looking back on on your records and how well you've done, uh, on race days, things like that, and, and tracking your progress and building up your miles. I'm used to build up your miles and your total time. We talk about getting, you know, building up that total time each and every week. That's why we 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 push the leaderboard in, in our running group, but. If every run is pushing towards being a PB, and every time you look, you do a Strava run, and you look at the person after your person next to you, and compare and contrast, you don't know what that person's goal behind that run is. Like, for example, like myself and Eric were running today, and I know I said already, but someone was ran past us up a hill. (laughs) He was doing a one k, you know, personal best. If he was a hell of a lot fitter than we were, or well, he got to the top of the hill, he fairly slowed down. So we don't know what his his training reason was for doing that. Maybe he just wanted to pass, you know, Eric really fast. I don't know. But you don't know the different training reasons behind it. So Strava can be a good tool, but it can get into people's heads about I have to have this, this, and I have to have that distance. And we've had people in the running group that are afraid to post up the Strava results or afraid to post up the results in our Facebook running group because they're afraid they're not too fast and there really is like it should be you against you which are running and know that every run is not okay i ran 5k tomorrow i'm going to run 5k but a minute faster or 10 seconds faster or whatever it is from there that each run should have different purposes throughout the week yeah i think i think that was very much a classic people read the headline but not the article um there's a reason we have a running group you know, there's great benefits to Strava. Strava is a phenomenal tool for tracking running. It's a phenomenal tool for tracking your friends running. It's not, it's like Instagram. If you compare yourself to all the Instagram models out there, I feel like shit, I've no hair, so I look at all the people with hair. You know, like it's, yeah. it's you know, like it's, it's, it's not a tool to compare yourself to others if 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 that's going to get you down do you know like it gets me down and i, I like sometimes when i see someone doing a half marathon at a 350 355 pace it used to be like oh, i'm gonna break there like you know like you get that kind of attitude but now it's like well done so the point in saying you don't no one cares about your strava is nobody cares if you're running slow what people care about is to see you doing it and that's what the leaderboard is all about and that's what our point is the point is to prove that you're exercising 
and it's time at the wheel. It's time on the road. It's it's time putting it out there. It's the 10,000 hours. It's improving yourself. It's in a more active lifestyle. And then for you to look back from month to month ago, geez, I couldn't run 5K a month ago. Now look at me. I'm running yeah. at this pace. I'm running at that pace. So is Strava a phenomenal tool? One the best. And that's why we have a club. So we can't say Strava is bad. The point of saying nobody cares about your own time is nobody cares how slow you ran. People care that you ran. Yeah. So people, now, others, when you post your Instagram post about your Strava time, are, and here's a funny one. That was the most liked post we've ever posted. Yeah. Because exactly. other people who don't run but follow us were like, yeah, we actually don't give a shit about all the running. Here. <laughs> like, people don't care. And one, because they want to run, they just don't like it or they're not arsed or they, you know, they just can't understand the concept of why you would go trot along for 10 kilometers or 16 kilometers or two kilometers. Uh, and I was one of those people. So I can gladly say I wouldn't cross the road, never mind run down it, you know. So that's, that's, that's what it is. And that's our point. So again, you know, people reading the headline, not the article, the understanding of we don't actually, we love Strava. There's a reason why we have a running club. So yeah, that's, that's it. That was me being a little aggressive back. I don't know who asked it. I want names. <laughs> we'll have a look at the podcast wrapped up um, the next one I can answer very quick because I, I remember who wrote this when I was like nope um, up for a 12 hour run Saturday week Aussie no <laughs> <laughs> 12 hour run Saturday week uh, can I cycle behind him he can run he can, that man can run actually a quick thing on, 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 Aussie, on Aussie was up Aussie was up in the Donegal Mountains this week he was just running up Errigal I rang him and he was like oh I'm just after reaching the top of Errigal I just hung up on him as a see you later on. I, I saw his Instagram story but I also saw and the cool thing I really wish I did this back in the day was uh, record each and every training session I did because he's got like four or five logbooks of just full with every single workout he's ever done like he, he did, it must have been two or three weeks ago we just threw it it was Instagram story. He's like four or five books. He just threw another book at the top. It's like another log, training log finish. But just, and that, that's a cool thing about Strava. Um, I'm only used it for a year. So I have the other Nike Run Club where you can look back over the years and just see your progress and your runs and where you're at different stages. And and, and it is pretty cool to see that. But what he did with his all, all his training is, is to the next level. It's pretty cool. And his accountability, he's accountable to himself in his book. And that, and that is the beauty. It's the, it's the most impressive self-disciplined accountability I've seen. And that was for everything. He puts everything in it, whether he was lifting a weight, whether he was running, cycling, it all goes into the book. It's it's phenomenal self-accountability and it's it's impressive to see. It's too late for me to start now, so I'm not going to do it. I'm going to let Strava <laughs> because we love Strava. That's it. Uh, next one, who... Better runner, Eric or Sean. I'm going to have to look up who wrote this one. Um, better runner, Eric or Sean. You are. Eric, you've got the you you got the marathon time ahead of me, so I'm going to put you on that one for now. Yeah, but you... you you've done. Pride in that and just say, you, you have the marathon time. Um, I will say, egotistically, because you're going for your half Ironman this year, I am I am gunning to, to try and beat that time at the end of October. Some friendly competition I may or may not Well, I'm going to say... I'm going to say that you're the better runner because you've done more marathons and consistency is the key to being a good runner. So I'm going to, I'm going to put you as the better runner on that one. As the bigger man, I'm, so, I'm going to agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> but again, better runner, irrelevant. Consistency is the key. Two of us operate differently. And um, again, everything is different about us. Height, background, how we get into it. Like you were still lifting weights up until... A year ago and now you're actually starting to take running seriously you were running 10k's 20k's strength training and it was a theory you were testing whereas i yeah. was running 
I was running, 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 running. I don't lift weights. I do push-ups, I do sit-ups, the odd disco curls, and that'll be about it. Um, I just run, I cycle, I swim. So it depends on what you're training for. Like who's the better? It doesn't really matter. Like if you want to put a time on it, I'm not a great marathon runner. You know, like it's who's the better runner. I, I have to say the two of us, who's the more consistent? Um, I'd say we're even. I'd say we're fairly even. Well, you know, shout out to the person who sent that question in. I'm going for you after this podcast. I'm not happy with that one now, trying to drive a wedge between myself and the big man. Not happy. <laughs> uh, over, this, this could be one of our quickest episodes of the podcast. We'll wrap it up in this one, um, which I think is probably pra- more practical than the last question there. Um, how do you stop yourself getting stitches when running? Okay, I I think Ooh. a lot of that comes to prep beforehand. I haven't actually got a stitch in a, in a long, long time. I don't know if it's because, oh, do you want a big two-liter bottle of um, the water I always carry? The, the yes. pink bottle of water. Broke it. It's coming down oh, to a no. junction. I had to slam on the brakes and just went straight off the passenger seat. The whole lid just snapped right off. And that was my go-to, to always have two liters of water every day. Like If those of you who do the um, the, the uh, follow-along sessions uh, through, through the running group, it's always up in the mantelpiece, that big pink bottle. I had that right the way through lockdown. I can't remember too many purchases during lockdown. That was one of them, and I broke it. But getting back to the question about stitches, I think a lot of it is you know not having a big meal right before you, you run. One of the mistakes I made before was having a, a big 750 mil of chocolate milk before doing Astro uh, football. I got home, like, I haven't had food, but I need something before football. I had a, that, that ton of milk into me. I was like, I'd be grand, massive stitch from there. Uh, so that was the best idea. I do think having, they don't know the exact cause of stitches. So a lot of it is theory. But I do I do think just getting more water, more fluid in. And if you get it in while you're running, you kind of have to slow right down, get the, the slow deep breaths in and out. You'll feel it just underneath the ribs there, pushing into it, slow deep breaths in and out, and hopefully with all that breathing, you might go again. Any issues with, with stitches before, Eric? Do you know what? I'm actually trying to rack my brain and I can't think of the last time I've had a stitch. And I think it was the last time I've had a stitch is when I was maybe getting back into running. Do you know where I... Um, more so, I'd feel the pain in the back of the shoulder blades where, you know, you're getting used to running again. So it's kind of like a cramp in the shoulders as opposed to stitch. But yeah, big meal. Big meal would generally put me in trouble. Um how I combat them is again, as you said, slow down. One thing I'm very bad at doing is belly breathing. So you have to try and relax the diaphragm if you can. Take a deep breath into your belly and push it out, almost like you're pretending to be four months along. Like you know, you need to kind of push your belly out and relax it, and try and relax the muscles in the stomach, and hopefully alleviate some of the, the stitch feeling. But yeah, it's um, not something I've really come across. But but at the same time, I've learned my body over the last four years of this and. I know what to eat and know what not to eat. And I know when I'm going to be in trouble and when I'm not going to be in trouble. You know, I, like, yeah, I'm not going to, if I have had a big meal, I'm going on a five thirty six minute kilometer run. I'm just going cruising. I'll be tasting the food, but I won't get a stitch. But if I was to go out and do a four minute kilometer, if I went and tried to do a four minute kilometer tomorrow, I'd probably start to get a stitch because I'm pushing the body in a way I haven't done it before. You know, it's, and I'm probably not breathing right and stuff. So yeah, it's just focus on your breath, slow down and watch, watch what you're eating beforehand. Um, yeah, that would, that would be my best advice on that one. Goes back to the Strava, doesn't it? Afternoon run, Asterix. Had a big-ass meal right before this run. <laughs> so <I'm gonna> be- <laughs> <laughs> um, just a quick thing on, on the belly breathing. I 100% agree with you. Uh, for some people, to do belly breathing, they just push the belly button out and that's it. 
if you can imagine, I suppose, your, your, your diaphragms on both sides of your ribs, if you can imagine trying to push your ribs out every which way, so you hold on to your ribs, getting that big belly breath in and try and push your, I suppose, a, a 360 uh, push out of the ribs, you'll try and get more air in that way rather than just, you know, that, that belly button popping out like, like a pregnant. For some people, the belly breathing, say belly breathing works brilliantly. And for others, you just see the belly pop out front and back and like, that's not what I meant. Cause you see the ribs aren't moving. Yeah. You're gonna get as much air into the yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, as, as you can. It's the best thing. It's the way it's the way it works for me because I'll take a deep breath into my chest, but I'll actually suck in my stomach if I'm trying to do it. So I actually have to remind myself to push my belly as I'm taking a deep breath as well. You know, it's and as you said, it's great. You've you've described it brilliantly. Of but for me, I have to remind myself for belly. And some some will be different. Everyone is different on how they they naturally try and try and do it. But yeah, you've described it well there. It's a good thing to try. And uh, most these stitches pass as well. They, they usually stick around for a little while, but you can breathe through them and relax through them and and, and move on. Exactly. It's all different cues. Some work for some people, some work, some work for another. And just going full circle on that one, we just talked about how breathing can help you get through stitches. At the very start of the podcast, we talked about how breathing can help you touch your toes. So on that note, we're going to wrap up this this week's episode of the podcast. Eric, you're doing pretty well with the out percentage on the iPad. It's almost as if you're, you're promoting iPads here. I'm doing well. I've got, I've got 8% left. Hey, I thought the thing was going to be gone. I, I visited doing the whole the second half of the podcast by myself, but somehow that only took up four percent this last half hour. Or so going through it, and um, guys, thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of the Any Given <laughs> Podcast. Eric, anything to add before we wrap this one up? No, it's been brilliant. It's been nice, and um, we'll be back with our guests next week. Yeah, we've got a few guests uh, lined up for the next couple of weeks, so looking forward to getting back into that and myself and Eric shutting up and learning from other people. Um, there's big acts to follow. I, I really do feel that after the, the last couple of guests we've had on the podcast, not myself and Eric Solo episodes, but the past couple of guests have been phenomenal. We hope to keep that trend going through the next couple of weeks and months ahead. With that said, guys, one small favor. If you are listening to this podcast through Apple Podcasts or on iTunes, we would really appreciate it if you hit the five-star button. helps us get the podcast out there. And as a, as a bonus, if you could write three, four lines on it, help us once again get that podcast out there. It would be fantastic. We would appreciate that. And with that said, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. Once again, for myself and ETE, take care. Bye.